Hello and welcome to the Honest Politics Podcast. My name is Alex Gamsik and I am the founder of Honest Politics LLC. My company does high-level political consulting, but not for politicians. My services are for everyday Americans just like you and me. So let's get started by talking about the Supreme Court case that came down very recently that says that you cannot discriminate or fire against LGBT plus individuals for being LGBT plus. Um, Whether that's the sole reason or that's part of the reason that you fire them, you cannot do that. And before we get into it, real quick, I just want to say a few things. First off, uh, this is inspired mostly by the Citizen's Guide to the Supreme Court, which is a Supreme Court podcast for people who are interested in the law but do not like lawyers. I highly recommend this podcast. The two guys who host it are really fun. Go check out Citizen's Guide to the Supreme Court. Also, I want to, through this case, look at Justice Gorsuch's reasoning, why he pens this opinion. I also take a quick look at why Justice Roberts' signing, you know, basically concurring with this opinion, kind of doesn't make sense in light of at least one thing that I found of his in the past. We're going to notice that this is actually three different LGBT plus cases in one, so it's interesting the Supreme Court can take different lawsuits and basically combine them into this one agreement. You can hire Honest Politics LLC to read any Supreme Court opinion or dissent for you, and then I'll get to the meat of what exactly you want to hear without you having to spend hours poring over the decision yourself. You can agree with this outcome. You can agree that LGBT plus people should not be fired for who they are, but you can disagree with the reasoning for why the Supreme Court came to this decision. So I hope by the end of this podcast, you understand more of why the justices decided to go the way they did and maybe do a little intellectual exercise as to how you would have ruled if you were a Supreme Court justice. And with that out of the way, let's get to the case. We have the people suing their employers, Gerald Bostock, Donald Zadra, and Amini Stevens. Um, Unfortunately, Mr. Zadra and Miss Stevens are no longer with us, which is a crying shame because they got history. They contributed to history right here, and they're not alive, alive to see it, which is a shame. But, um, you know, that kind of hit me when I read that. Anyway, um, the law we're talking about here is part of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So that's part of the act we're disputing here. It's specifically in Title Seven, which says in part... It is unlawful for an employer to fail or refuse to hire or to discharge, discharge any individual or otherwise discriminate against any individual because of such individual's race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. So the biggest question in this case was, does sex cover sexuality and sexual identity or gender identity is, I think, the more accurate term. If I get you know, some of these issues incorrect, or if there's another way you'd prefer I'd say it, just let me know. Email alex at honestpoliticsllc.com. So the justice who wrote this opinion is Justice Gorsuch, which is interesting because Justice Gorsuch was Trump's first appointee. He's very conservative. He's an originalist slash textualist, which means that he takes the Constitution and the law seriously as it is written, as it would have been interpreted by the people of the time that it was written, um, as opposed to an evolutionary point of view, which is more liberal. An evolutionary point of view would say that 
let's take this law or this part of the Constitution and interpret it through today's eyes. But Justice Gorsuch looks at the law and the Constitution from how the founders or how the original writers would have done it. That's the biggest distinction between conservative and liberal judges. Um, and, you know, I learned from learning about the Supreme Court, you can't even really pin them on that spectrum. That's generally where they are. But occasionally some justices will flip randomly. Um, they will be in a weird assortment where Sotomayor is agreeing with Justice Thomas and all this kind of stuff. So it really depends on the individual case. And 99% of Supreme Court cases do not make the news. A lot of time they're just reinterpreting state statutes, like, uh, you know, solving disputes between states. They're reviewing death penalty cases and trying to clarify some issues. They're fixing mistakes at lower courts. Um, so to have a big ruling like this is pretty rare, and it's a reason that I'm doing this podcast today. Getting back to Gorsuch, the most important point that he made was that sex was inherently intertwined with sexuality and sexual identity, and that's part of the Civil Rights Act, and because Gorsuch reads things very literally, um, and he took sex to be intertwined with sexuality, he saw no other way out of the Civil Rights Act protecting LGBT plus individuals. He understood that Kavanaugh and Alito wanted to look at the dictionary definition of sex and try to use that as like, a, oh, it's not gay or transsexual, it's just male or female. Um, but you kind of look beyond just the def dictionary definition and look at the plain meaning definition. You know, when the Constitution is written or when laws are written, people aren't just pulling out Webster's Dictionary. They're thinking about how it will be interpreted by people. I'm not going to get into every single part of how Gorsuch said that sex and sexuality were intertwined and basically kind of mean the same thing in this instance. But one example was that if you fire a man for loving another man, that's firing him for being uh, homosexual, right? But what about having a man loving a woman? That's heterosexual. And that takes both sexes in related term gender. I know sex and gender are not exactly the same thing, but um, it takes, it has to take the gender or the, you know, the male or female into account. Um, both of those are being taken into account at the same time when you're saying that if you're a woman and you have a wife, these employers are saying that's not okay. But if you're a man and you have a wife, these employers are saying that is okay. That's discrimination based on the fact that it's a man and a woman or a woman and a woman. Um, so it is discriminating on someone's sex. So he also refuted a lot of the conservative arguments. Um, he used three precedent cases and precedent is very important in the court where that means a court will use prior court opinions to build on their case. They don't like overturning laws, so they will use what has been said in the past as a uh, supporting mechanism for their current argument. So there were three precedent cases where um, men were harassing men and it was said that's not okay, or a woman was being discriminated against because they were forced to pay more into their pension fund than men were because women live longer, so they'll be using up more pension funds in the future. 
but that was discriminatory, so they took that down. So the Civil Rights Act protects people on the basis of sex a lot, and it's broad and it's wide-ranging beyond what the people who first wrote it might have thought, but the people who first wrote it left it intentionally broad, which is something that Neil Gorsuch uh, wrote about quite a lot. So, um, And I've seen this in other opinions where they say, the justices seem to take what the legislature didn't write into account as well as what they did write in their law. There was a slippery slope argument that Neil Gorsuch said was kind of stupid. And slippery slopes are logical fallacies where someone would say, oh, well, if you make sexuality protected under the Civil Rights Act, then people are going to be allowed to use bathrooms that are not their assigned sex, or they're going to be allowed to use locker rooms and this kind of stuff. And Neil Gorsuch was like, no, 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 we're not dealing with that right now. What we're dealing with is discrimination in the workplace. That is what's on the table. Get rid of all this other stuff. Um, and when that stuff comes up, we'll deal with it when it comes up. Um, it was th the same kind of stupid logic that Justice Scalia used in the gay marriage case where he said, oh, if you let gay people marry, then there'll be bestiality and pedophilia. And it's like, those are not on the table right now. We're just talking about gay marriage. So the slippery slope, slippery slopes are always bad arguments. That's something to keep in mind. And they rarely fit a situation. So then next, Gorsuch said that discriminating against both males and females doesn't mean it's okay. Like, you're still singling out both sexes. It's still discrimination even if you're doing something discriminatory to both sides. So, you know, some people are like, I don't hate this kind of people. I hate all people. Well, that's not okay because you're just being discriminatory or hateful towards everyone. You know, it doesn't, two wrongs don't make a right in that case. Uh, and then Gorsuch said that lastly, the employers who had fired these individuals, Gorsuch said that at the end, they tried to make a, make a naked policy argument, meaning that they just said, oh, well, we don't want gay people being able to be protected. You know, and that's not something that the court should ever take up in Gorsuch's view. They are not a legislature. They are a court interpreting the law. They should not be writing policy or dictating policy. They are a Supreme Court. They interpret and apply the law. One thing to also keep in mind about the Supreme Court, it's definitely not a legislature. They don't do things to prevent other things from happening they deal with what comes to them. So um, a case has to wind up at the Supreme Court and then they'll judge on it and perhaps public policy will be formed because of it. It's not like they purposely just start making rulings on cases that haven't happened. Um, and of course, interest groups can kind of force an issue by trying to find people with particular circumstances to bring them up to a lawsuit that'll reach the Supreme Court. Um, but anyway... Uh, let's get on to an interesting link between Gorsuch and Roberts in their Obamacare decision and this Bostock decision. But first, we'll take a quick message break. And we're back. So the first Supreme Court opinion that I read in full was Justice Roberts's Obamacare case in 2012, National Federation of Independent Businesses versus Sebilibus. <laughs> um, so this is the first major challenge to Obamacare, and a lot of people thought it might strike the whole law down. 
but what Roberts did was kind of gutted parts of Obamacare, but left most of it intact. So what he did partially was define the individual mandate as a tax. We're going to ignore that for now. And then he also struck down the Medicaid, Medicare expansion. The Medicare expansion was supposed to be every state has to take the Medicaid, Medicare expansion. And if they don't, then they lose all federal funding for the Medicare. Roberts was saying that this was completely unfair to the individual states, and he made it so that um, a state could choose whether to take the expansion or not, but still keep their current federal Medicare funding. Basically, one of the reasons he did this was that Roberts thought that when the states signed on to Medicare in the 60s, when the act was created, they didn't anticipate that there'd be this massive expansion. So Roberts was arguing that the states could not have anticipated the outcome of what Medicare would become. I mean, even though Medicare had a part in it that says this may change in the future, uh, Roberts thought that it was a change in degree rather than a change in kind. And that is why it was not okay to force basically these states to expand Medicare. And it's a little different here because Roberts was looking at the intent of the people agreeing to Medicare in the 60s and saying that they could not have anticipated this, out, this um, outgrowth. But here Gorsuch was saying that there was a lot of unintended consequences of the Civil Rights Act. It didn't just stop female um, harassment in the workplace, it stopped male harassment in the workplace as well. You know, these things that, that are not the forefront on people's minds, but was a result of this anyway. I, I know I'm taking a long time to make this point, but it's kind of a vague connection because Roberts agreed with, he, he joined this opinion in the majority, even though prior, eight years ago, his view on how legislatures will accept unintended consequences has changed. So it's, it's a little bit of a nuanced point, but I think it's part of the reason why some people say Justice Roberts is kind of all over the place and it's hard to pin down his ideology because at least here his logic is a little inconsistent. And Gorsuch was saying it doesn't matter if uh, the people creating the Civil Rights Act did not anticipate this to cover homosexuals and transgenders because there were other unintended consequences and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Gorsuch, above all, proved to care more about the written law rather than outside factors. He made a few other points. He said that being discriminatory to the individual was bad, not necessarily a group of people, because um, the act says the individual will be protected. He said that religious reasons do not apply here, like the funeral home that fired the transgender woman uh, was not okay to do that. Even though they are religious, you can't just kind of insert religion here and expect a discriminatory outcome. He said that a lot of other laws would have to be overturned if the employers were ver vilified. I don't know what word verified. If the employers won this case, then a lot of other laws would have to be overturned, like the precedents that he cited. And I didn't read the dissents fully, like what Alito and Thomas and Kavanaugh had to say. But I did skim part of it, and nor near the end, Alito, Justice Alito talks about how this was due to humane and generous impulses. 
humane and generous impulses is kind of a bad way of saying we should be humane and generous people. You know, it, there's just like, it's kind of a weird way to acknowledge the LGBTQ community, especially when Justice Kavanaugh had a much better explanation at the end as to why he might have agreed with this outcome, if not the reasoning. Um, Justice Kavanaugh seemed to understand more so the struggles that LGBT plus people face in their daily lives. Basically, Alito and Kavanaugh were saying that this should not have been done by the judicial system, stopping discrimination in the workplace. They say it should have been done by the legislature. And then the, the obvious like rebuttal to that is why? <laughs> why not? Why not let the judiciary do it? Aren't they a third of the federal government? Like, aren't they supposed to have some teeth, some power? So that's just my interpretation. And Gorsuch did make a very strong case that the justices were not legislating in this. They were just interpreting the law as it was already written. They didn't add an addendum. They didn't change Obama. You know, like, Roberts basically changed how Obamacare was done. Here, they're not changing anything. They're just looking and seeing the plain meaning of the words and how they apply. Basically, the fact that sex was intertwined with sexuality and identity in the way that normal people look at it um, is why Justice Gorsuch and Roberts and all of the liberal judges agreed that discrimination in the workplace should no longer happen. So, you know, Kavanaugh and Alito tried to say, like, the fact that the House of Representatives tried and failed to pass this like three different times. That doesn't matter just because it would have been a legislative outcome, but didn't happen doesn't mean it has to be a legislative outcome. I quickly saw Kavanaugh say something like, well, this might have passed through the legislature soon anyway. So your excuse for not wanting to do this now is that it might happen soon anyway. I mean, you can see the holes in that argument, right? It's just super sloppy. It's like if my car is running low on gas or is about to go out of gas and I'm like passing a gas station like, oh, I might reach another one in the future if I don't know that there's another gas station coming up or not. You know, you just stop at the gas station that you're already there. Just get the outcome that is going to happen and don't like pretend you know that an outcome is going to happen through the legislature, especially when you have a president who is Republican and a Senate that's Republican. And you can clearly see that it's Democrats passing civil rights protections. So trying not to get too mad at Kavanaugh, Alito and Thomas had the more scathing dissent. And like I said, they only cared about, quote, humane and generous impulses rather than generous and humane people overall. So I think their wording was a little revealing about their character. And then basically, so overall, gay rights have expanded under the court. And even if you think that more needs to be done to protect LGBT plus people, it's worth celebrating everyone involved in this decision. Um, the activists, the people who changed hearts and minds just by talking to their friends and family, um, lobbyists, special interest groups, people who campaign on the idea of equality. It's a big culture shift that we've experienced in the last 15 basically years. And, you know, I'm not an old, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty young person, but even I've noticed a huge difference with the way we talk about and the way we treat people of all sexual and gender identities. So basically, another thing I wanted to point out was that Alito and Thomas, the more conservatives, 
they're in their early 70s. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, they're in their mid to early 50s. Roberts is 65. The fact that Gorsuch is the youngest conservative justice, is that the reason he kind of went over to the liberal side on this issue? Is it because younger people today are the ones who are generally more understanding of what LGBT plus people are going through? Or at least younger people don't really care about someone's sexual identity? Um, just kind of let people be who they are and why, does, why do I care what someone else does? That's all I wanted to talk about. I hope you found this kind of interesting, learned a bit about the Supreme Court, learned a bit about this case in particular. If you have any questions, please email alex at honestpoliticsllc.com. Otherwise, message me on any social media. Just search Honest Politics LLC. Have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you next time as we seek to discover more of the stories behind the statistics. Um, so the writer of this opinion, his name is Gorsuch. Um, 